What is up? I'm Miguel Antonio, and you are listening to the Live and Create podcast. It's where I interview artists and entrepreneurs about what it means to live a great life and create great things. And before we jump into today's podcast, I'd love for you to check out my band's latest release. It's called At Least You Tried. You can find it at runwithitband.net or at runwithitband, at runwithitband, all the places you follow people at. It's streaming on all the sites. Again, it's At Least You Tried from my band, Run With It. On today's podcast, we have Laura Shkaratov. She is the bassist and singer-songwriter for Outer Shapes, a band she created with her partner that seeks to create a new space for queer music. Based in Brooklyn, she also illustrates her band's album covers and teaches elementary school by day. She is passionate about environmental and education activism. From California to her new home in New York City, in this episode, she shares her story of embracing her own musical talents. She also highlights her focus on creating music for her audience and the queer community to show a broader spectrum of who a queer person is. Laura also shares about the importance of living a life that is aligned fully with your desires and morals. Uh, we dive into a whole lot of other great topics as well. It's a great episode. Enjoy. The Live and Create Podcast. Actually, I'm from California. I grew up there and my whole family's in California. I'm the only one in, in New York City. Gotcha. It's it's interesting because listening to your music, it has more of that vibey California thing in there. So I, I can hear that, that where like, yeah, East Coast tends to get a, a little more, just a different kind of vibe. So, so that's where, yeah. how long did you, how long did you live in California? I grew up there. I lived there until I was 18, and then I moved out here for, for college, and I never left. Right on. So I've been here for, like, six years now. It's an amazing city. I love that yeah. spot. I can't leave. I stay here through the pandemic. I just, yeah, I'll go home eventually, but I can't see that <laughs> happening anytime soon. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I have a lot of, so I'm Puerto Rican. And my family all came from Puerto Rico to Brooklyn. And there's all there's more Puerto Ricans in Brooklyn, I think, than in Puerto Rico, it seems like uh, at this point. Uh, but, yeah, I have a lot of family there where they're like one of them. Uh, my cousin even tried to move to the Midwest where we're at. And after two uh -huh. weeks, he's like, I'm out. I'm going back. And he's like, I'm never he like his driver's license expires from time to time because he just never bothers. He, he's like, I don't need to go anywhere else. I have everything here. Yeah, <laughs> it's so nice. I love it. I love it. Now, as far as school, uh, did you study music in school? No, no. So okay. music is, is fairly new to me. I, I started about two years ago. I mean, it's always been in my life, but we started Outer Shapes two years ago, and that was kind of our our beginning um, into really producing and creating like music for others. Very cool. And the production is awesome. So you, you all are are self-producing yeah we're well. self-producing completely self-taught um yeah it's been a it's been a long adventure and i we still have a, a long ways to go but it's been it's been really cool to kind of hit that point in the learning curve where we can share stuff with other people that's really cool. you guys y'all must have been really uh applying yourself because the production it really I, that was the vibe of it and uh the and it's your partner it's she's singing is it she or no pronoun? i'm singing yeah You're it's singing? Uh, she oh. her pronouns i'm singing okay. and then my partner c is she's doing pretty much all the production um and the guitar um i just kind of, i'm kind of the more big picture idealist and then she'll uh, actually make it happen so it's a good I gotcha. balance 
I, I feel that I'm more, I love to live in the clouds all the yeah. time. I'm like, yeah, but, but we got to make shit happen too. So yeah. Yeah. She's in the other room making shit happen. And I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But no, seriously, the, the production is great. The songs, the vibes, you have a great voice. I'm, Thank I'm you. loving it in that. So if, if I'm hearing you right, then you didn't start music until like you got to New York city. Is that true? Or did you start younger playing? Well, so C and I actually met in high school. It's kind of a weird origin story um, because we were involved in um, like a church youth group that had a band and then the band would tour up and down California every year. Um, And so, you know, we didn't hold on too much to the religious aspect of it, but um, I think it was a really good starting point. I taught myself how to play guitar to impress C because I had a crush on her and then it all, you know, it came together in the end. Um, but yeah, so we, we have some experience performing, but nothing with our own original work or anything. Um, and yeah, so we really, it started about two years ago. I just got a bait and I ordered it during the pandemic and then I started. That's pretty cool. I, it's funny. Cause I got a lot of my start in music in the church as well was even like training other worship leaders and pastors and then uh, it's kind of bad for business when you realize you don't believe any of those things anymore. And so <laughs> uh, luckily my band was starting to tour about the same time. And it was just kind of a, a nice transition point to just walk out of that. Um, I was actually just yeah. reflecting this past week uh, with my family about it, uh, where it's like, damn, our lives are so different. But I'm grateful for what I learned during that season. But it was definitely time to, to step out into uh, what I think are better things. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely agree with that. I think it, it was a good, it was a good starting point And I think there are a lot of good things about it, but in the end, I'm glad that, you know, we had space and time to, to kind of move on from that. So definitely. Well, and luckily the guitar playing paid off and you, what, what's your partner's name again? I'm sorry. C, just the letter C. C. So you, <laughs> yeah. okay. That's, I can remember that, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it paid off. So you impressed her. And, and then you guys moved to New York and start a band and start building something, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah, thank you. What was it that, that really like, was there a moment for y'all that, that basically, sorry, I'm, I'm forming the question as I'm like thinking out loud at this moment, you're good. but was there a moment for y'all or was it a progression where you're like, we should really take this seriously and really start releasing music and see what happens? Um... Well, C had been getting into to music production a little bit on her own. She was going through a really rough time in her life. Um, and so she started to make stuff on her own. And I was like, it's cool. It's all right. But I had a lot of ideas, you know, and I kind of felt like I wanted to be part of it. I didn't know how. So we figured out how to kind of make that work. Um, and then I came up with the idea of creating Outer Shapes. And we... We really just started there. I mean, we didn't know anything. So, you know, she's figuring out what software she wants to use to produce. And, you know, she starts off with like GarageBand. Um, As most of us did, right? Yeah, right. And then (laughs) to Logic and then to Ableton. And, and, you know, there's just, there's so much learning to to do. So, but it was, it was during the pandemic um, and we were, we were, you know, cooped up together in the, in the same apartment. And so, I think that that just gave us the time that we needed. Um, And I think we always knew that we wanted to take it really seriously, but 
it just didn't sound like that at the beginning. So we would release things on SoundCloud, you know, and fool around. We did a lot of covers um, just as we were learning. So I think, you know, we're both very big picture, very determined people in that sense. And I think that we had this image of what it would become. Um, and we had to hold on to that to get through the difficulty of learning. That's awesome. It's cool that you were able to take uh, just the insanity of of what, you know, COVID and the lockdown and all that and, and build something like build something that was positive out of a really hard situation for everybody. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I was in a really rough situation to that first year of the pandemic. Um, I was in a really tricky work situation. Um, and so uh, we actually released an EP that's, it's not on Spotify, but it's called The Found Year. Um, and I think we called it that because everyone was calling that year of the first year of the pandemic, they were calling it the lost year, you know, and talking about everything that had been gone and everything that we were missing. Um, and I think that C and I really, we considered it a found year, you know, we just, it was the time that we needed to, to get, to, to get started. And, and it was a really important, um, it was an important EP for us to to release just to prove that we had been doing something that whole time. That's awesome. Now you mentioned how, you know, C was working on some music, but you were like, yeah, that's good. But, you know, hey, let's do this. Let's, let's. I'm, I'm curious for, for you guys, what does it look like? Um, or maybe, maybe a better question would be, are there any tools that you guys use in your relationship just to, to be able to like navigate being together as a couple, but then also being in a band and making sure like the creative process, the business moves forward while at the same time, uh, you don't carry those things over into your own relationship. Yeah, it's definitely been a balance. I think it takes a lot of time to establish what that looks like. Um, but I think that we, it's really two minds creating one thing. And I feel like that's when a lot of the clashing happens because most people are producing on their own, right? And, and so I think that the more that we streamline our process for music creation and we have a system of checklists, you know, I work, but she stays at home. And so she can get stuff done during the day. And I think that really communicating and figuring out how to organize things in a way that makes sense to both of us is really the key um and just being able to step away is is the biggest thing too um we live right near a park um and and we just go on walks or we'll go out and and have just really learned when to kind of when the switch is on and when the switch is off and really creating that line when we can um especially when we're feeling frustrated or stuck and just you know giving ourselves space to be a couple through the difficult parts of music, but they definitely bleed into each other. Um, but I think that in the end, it's made us stronger because of really how much the depth of communication and connection that has to happen to make this art happen. Oh yeah, absolutely. I was, we were hanging out backstage on 4th of July. We opened for this artist named Cassie Joy and her husband's actually her manager and they live in their tour bus, you know? So it's like hundred oh, wow. percent always you know and what did he call himself hit her manage mana manage bitch or like i can't remember he had some <laughs> term i wish you could remember now i'm gonna have to ask my yeah. guys what it was but you know he just explained their life and but yeah it's it seems like whenever those situations pop up that communication almost everyone kind of mentions that's the key and i love yeah. that though where you guys have a space where you can go with like hey we're gonna go to the park we're gonna be yeah. a couple 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it's nice. It's good. Um, it's the only way to make it work. I mean, we've had a, definitely a difficult time at certain points when, when things get trickier, we don't know where to go. Um, but being able to clear our heads and come back into it is always the solution. Now, do you all look to add more people in the band or are you going to perform as a duo with tracks and those kind of things? What's that look like for you? Yeah, so we're trying to put together a live set right now. Actually, um, we have had a few people offer to us, you know, some some venues and, and shows. So we thought a lot about including someone else um, because we really specifically need a drummer because um, I'm on the bass and she's on the guitar. But in the end, I think that we really understand and, and we really talked about how much Outer Shapes is just the two of us and how much we have put into this. Um, and so we're gonna try to do it just us. Um, we have a like a Ableton push. And so C's been working on programming the drums and getting loops going. Um, nice. So hopefully we'll be able to pull it off just the two of us. Um, I think that's kind of our big goal right now that we're working on. That's cool. Hey, it worked for 21 Pilots. I mean, they're doing pretty well. And they yeah. only have two people. Uh, so it's it's pretty brilliant when you – I've never seen them live live, but I've seen so many live clips of their show. And it's like with their energy and the kind of music they do, it's almost like you just don't miss the fact that there's not a full band there. You know, they're setting cars on fire and shit like that in an arena. Like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I've actually <laughs> been to a few of their shows, and it's it's amazing what the two of them can do. They're, they're a big inspiration for us, for sure. Oh, I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I want yeah. to see them live so bad. Um, so this is kind of a, a selfish question because we, we do a lot of live tracks as well. We're a four piece. Uh, one day I want to be a five piece, but it doesn't make sense right now uh, financially with touring, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what we keep. We're wanting more freedom with the usage of tracks. So it sounded like you said Ableton push. I'm not familiar with what that is. And I'm curious if it might be a solution for us. Yeah, it's basically this huge MIDI keyboard, but it's created by Ableton. So it's made specifically okay. to be linked with Ableton. Um, and so we can use all of our sounds and everything. It's it's programmed really nicely. C could probably explain it a lot better than than, than I can, um, but it's a really good product, especially if you, you know, you're exclusively using Ableton and have all of your work on there already. Um, and you can, you know, program things, live things, and, and it's pretty easy to, to figure out if you already know the software pretty well. And it gives you kind of like the ability to move live, like, ooh, we want to do this loop longer or switch to something else, those kind of things? Exactly. Yeah, it's designed to be used on stage. So it's uh, it's a great tool. And it, it, it can be used for production as well. But I think that the the main intent of it is to be usable on, on stage. Yeah, so I guess the only hurdle I have is Ableton hurts my brain. So I, I stopped at Logic. That's where I, I went from GarageBand to Logic. And I was like, I sat there with Ableton one day. It, was, it took me like two hours to build like one beat. I was like, son of a bitch, I'm out. <laughs> I was like yeah. so mad. Um, but maybe I'll just have to give it to my drummer and be like, hey, good luck. You know, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't understand it either. But you know, C does. So I just I trust her on that. And I just, you know, dictate <laughs> what I want. And she get she makes it happen. So <laughs> that's brilliant. Back to her making shit happen. I love it. I exactly. Love it. I, uh, my one time I was messing around with a bunch of tech stuff. And my drummer, we were probably two or three years in the band. He's with me like he basically lived with me for a good long time. Um, and, and so I'm running around like crazy trying to figure out all these tech issues. 
And then after about a week of him watching and being like with me in the vehicle, trying to go place to place, figure stuff out, he goes, Hey, just to let you know, I do have a music tech degree. And I, I looked at him like I was so angry. I was like, bro, you have seen me struggling this whole week. And you could have answered every problem. I had. Oh <laughs> he's like, I, he's like, I just didn't think about it. I was like, my God, I was like here, <laughs> do it, do whatever it is. You're smarter than me. Let's, let's make it happen. But, um, so I have a lot of friends who are in the industry and, uh, whether gay or lesbian. And so some of them choose to simply just like do music. They don't really talk about being queer or living in, in that lifestyle, I guess. Um, and some of them make it a very, very focal point of like what they do in performance. Uh, I have a good friend named Stefan where he actually performs in drag and he, it's almost like a church service, but for, for people who are like, like just feeling like the weight of the world and trying to, yeah. you know, be themselves. Um, yeah. And something in your bio, you had mentioned, um, I'm, I'm going to just quote it because you said create a new space for queer music. And, and so yeah. like, like, I'm, I'm heterosexual, you know, like I'm Puerto Rican. I, but I've, I'm like, I look like a white dude. Like, so I, I come from a place of mostly ignorance in that. And so I'm just curious for you, one, what, what drives you to make that a forefront for you as an artist? Um, I probably have a bunch of other questions in that. Um, but then, uh, well, actually let's just start there. What, what is, what is it that drives you to make that a forefront and, and what is, I guess, what do you mean by carving out a new space for queer music? Yeah, I think, well, the driving force at the beginning is just the fact that I pretty much only listen to straight white men sing <laughs> and I love their music. You know, they do great stuff. Um, but I think that the kind of music that I listen to is just very dominated by that group of people. Um, right. and you know, there is queer music out there, that, but I don't listen to it. I don't like it. It's not my sound. I think, especially when it's woman, you know, I, I think that the way that the female voice is often edited and, and the way that it's, it's used is, is not something that I want to do and it's not something that I really enjoy listening to um and I think that you know the reality is as I've as I've followed what I just enjoy listening to that's I'm, I'm in these genres that are just very male dominated um and so I think yeah. that what C and I are trying to do is just to make what we would want someone like us to listen to um and that's something that we just don't feel like exists yet um and you know it's I think that being queer is Yes, it has to do with your sexuality, but I think that most of the queer people that I that I know and, and that I, I I'm friends with are it's it's a way of life that involves a depth of questioning the whole world. Because when you grow up and you're different, right? And and you're attracted to people that, you know, in in a different way, I think that it makes you think about the whole world and, and wonder how our society is is structured and, and it makes you question it all. And so I think that I, I like to emphasize the fact that we're queer because I think it says a lot more about us than just our our sexuality. Um, because yeah, we're really, we're really, you know, in this whole different way of life. Um, and I want to make music that reflects that. And I, yeah, I just want to make people like me happy and 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 for them to enjoy it too and understand that 
you know, we can have music that, that we like, and it doesn't all have to be in the same kind of genre box that it's been in the past. What would you say is the typical genre that like of queer music right now? I think it's, it's often very ballady, um, especially with like queer women, um, which is fine. It's just not, it's just not for me. Um, and I think that it's, it's often very focused on, on just the vocals or, you know, those elements of sound. And so I think what we're trying to do is kind of expand that as well. And, you know, she's a beautiful guitarist and, and we try to get a really good piece from her in every, in every song that we make. Um, and, you know, just, yeah, I think it's very, it's very vocals focused, if that makes sense, um, which has never been yeah. something that I've been, you know, a huge fan of. <laughs> You're like, it's I'm being very honest. I know, <laughs> and I don't mean any hate, you know, to the people. Everyone's making their own art, right? And and this is what right. our art looks like and sounds like. Um, and you know, we're just happy to to create what we can. Yeah, but you like what you like, right? And I think that's a piece where it's like I get shit all the time because I love like Miley Cyrus and I love Taylor Swift. I love. Uh, imagine dragons like they're all people who are almost like memes in the culture now but i'm mm -hmm. like i just still love it it's just it's what i like yeah. you know and so yeah if you like what you like i dig it exactly. that's really cool like i one thing i've loved about this podcast talking to different artists of all different backgrounds um is just the power of representation and the power yeah. of looking up on stage and i've had multiple people say like there's a power in looking up on stage and seeing someone like me where they have fans mm -hmm. come up to him after a show and say, I've never seen someone that looks like me on stage. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it opened a whole new world to them. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's cool that you're like, I just want to set out into a whole different genre and mm -hmm. it makes something fresh. I think it could be such a powerful thing for other people. Yeah. I'm excited to see what, what it, what it will become. <laughs> Now, what what do you what are y'all dreaming about? Like, what do you see in the next year, as far as you know, the business and the music? Yeah, I think you know, putting together a live set is a huge priority for us right now. So we're working on getting that started. We live in New York City, so we can, you know, there are venues, there 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 are places that we can perform. It's just a matter of if we're ready. So that's a big goal for us, and I think that. You know, we recently just started releasing things on Spotify, and I think that that signals a bit more of a shift into knowing and understanding what our sound is and what we want our sound to be. So we feel a lot more comfortable in that realm. And I think it's a it's a bit of a speedier process now because we're not starting from scratch every time. Um, right. Some of our old demos are like, oh my god, what were we doing? You know. Um, and so I think that you know now that we. We have a little bit more. We know kind of what outer shapes, what the shape of outer shapes is, if you will. Nice. And um, I think that we just want to keep creating. You know, we have a song coming out in about a month. Um, and yeah, we just want to keep making stuff and, and and hopefully be able to share it more with other people through live performance. Now, are you looking to stay more in New York City or, or do you all have like touring aspirations? Like what's that look like for you? I think right now we want to stay in the city. Um, I think we're, you know, kind of focused on on developing more of a fan base. And I think that we can find that here if we're going through the right avenues. Um, but, you know, touring will be fun. I think we're just going to kind of take it as it comes. Uh, we try not to set too clear of goals because we're very, like I said before, very driven people um, and can feel a little bit of 
frustration if we don't get to where exactly we want to be. Um, and so we're just yeah. going, we're just cruising and, and seeing, you know, where, where life takes us. Yeah, I, I get that where uh, we were just talking about in the band. When we first started, I had a spreadsheet and it was a three-year spreadsheet broken down month to month of, oh, and it nice. had different color coded, like, these are the goals for live. These are the goal, you know, like all the things. And we were all laughing how it, and what was cool is it did drive us. It, it pushed mm -hmm. us and it was cool to see how certain things came to fruition out of it. But then like, when you get out to like year three, it was like, yeah, that like that stuff did really like, it, it just went a totally different direction by the time we get there. Uh, yeah. But I do think that, yeah, those goals can be helpful but then yeah sometimes i get i'm learning to be more present like where we're at like it's like this i live in the clouds but i'm trying to discipline myself to like not do the spreadsheets as much and like yeah. come down to where it's like uh you know things that i might well actually my wife was just saying she's like i noticed like recently you don't seem angry after every show <laughs> and it's like because i would always get mad it's like oh we missed this one note or yeah. like this one promoter wasn't there that i wanted to come to it where i'm like no i'm just gonna enjoy the moment and like i spun yeah. around on the stage and i saw people like smiling backstage and i was like that's cool i never noticed yeah. shit like that before where i'm like okay I don't need to be angry all the time because my certain goals didn't happen in the specific way I wanted them to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You just got to take it as it comes, you know, and, and live in the moment. It's the best place to be. Now, with uh, New York City, do you do you all feel, well, like I said, sound-wise, I do feel a lot of that, like, West Coast vibe. Like, that, mm -hmm. how do you feel, like, living in the city itself of New York City influences your art? In a lot of ways, I think I think that um, it's just the fact that everyone around us is so driven and getting things done. I think that really has motivated me for a long time. Um, and it's really I love being in a place where I'm around other people all the time and I'm not, you know, directly interacting with them, but just to have others around, um, you know, sitting on the subway or or biking from place to place. Um, I think it's allowed me a lifestyle that I'm very comfortable in um, and I feel very much like myself in. When I was a kid, you know, I grew up in the suburbs, um, but I remember being in like middle school and I was always very like environmentally concerned and it was something that I was very passionate about and I told my mom, I'm never going to drive a car and everyone was laughing at me and like you know in high school I drove a car and and it was what it was but now <laughs> to not own one is so it's so freeing and I think that I'm really living a lifestyle that's aligned with my morality and and what you know my priorities are and when I'm resolved in that sense and this is something that New York City can really provide for me when I'm resolved there I can move past it and into different mm -hmm. realms when I'm creating art that's really cool that it is funny because like yeah, California is such a driving like state. All the cities like are yeah, it's insane. My last tour there, I remember putting in like twelve miles. It was like a two hour drive, you know. And but yeah. you literally found the city. You can yeah. never have to have a car again. And that's when we we always joke about like wanting to move there because it it's fantastic. Like just getting it on is. a train and going somewhere and not fucking around with like parking and all that. So yeah. Now, where did the environmental, like the passion for the environment start for you? I think I've just always been someone who's very 
logical. I think I, I think in a very clear way. And I think that, you know, growing up when I would read and hear about, you know, things that were going on in the world, I, I cared about them a lot. And, and, and I was very involved in activism from a young age. And so I think that the environmental, you know, activism kind of just came along with that. Um, and, you know, as I got older, I, I stopped eating meat. I'm vegan. And, you know, just little things like that. I think I've kind of realized how much, how much I, how much joy there is and how much satisfaction there is in kind of figuring out what matters to you. And then, and then creating a life that is aligned with, with, with those things that matter. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I was always just kind of like that as a kid, there was one year where I made my whole family wrap, um, I rewrapped all the Christmas presents in um, newspaper because I was like, you nice. can't use new paper, you know, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I've just always been very, very, very driven, very passionate. And I think that it was a good outlet for me to, you know, feel like I had some sense of control in the chaos of this world. That's cool. I do love that, though, like you said, of finding out exactly who you are, what your principles are, and then finding every way you can to live out of it. I think that's where a lot of people struggle where it's like they have certain, mm -hmm. certain things that are important to them, but they feel like the world or they allow the world, whatever it is to influence them a different direction. That's a powerful place to live out of. I love it. That's really cool. We did. Um, I have a good friend who's like 15 years vegan and uh, we would always crash at his house in Chicago and he'd always try to convince me because I, I like give you, I'm very like heavy carnivore, dude. Um, yeah. Like I literally like tonight, I literally will probably just have steak for dinner and that's it. Like nothing, no <laughs> sides, nothing. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so he was always like trying to convince me. Uh, he's like, bro, bro, come on. Like, and he'd make, we'd show up sometimes two in the morning and he would like make all these amazing like smoothies and all this crazy stuff. He's like, this is good vegan food. And he actually sold us on the fact that there is amazing vegan food out there. And yeah. uh, he challenged us as a family. So I, I came back home from tour and uh, I told my wife, we have four boys. And I said, why don't we do seven days vegan? Because that was kind of his challenge. And mm -hmm. one, it was a lot of work. And we were like, yeah. damn, this, I, I even called him. I was like, I just found out some wine's not vegan. And he's like, yeah. dude, just slow. He was like, slow down. Don't even worry about that. Just start yeah. small. And I was like, it, it was a lot of work. Um, and we actually found some stuff that kids really love. And then one of my boys recently just became vegetarian. Well, he did switch to pescatarian recently, but he's, he's our youngest. And, mm -hmm. uh, he, he even gave up bacon. In our family, that's a that's a big deal. Like we're Ooh, pounds yeah. of bacon family, <laughs> but and he's held solid on it for a year and a half. So it's I. Yeah. And that's what I've told people. I'm like, I just think it's pretty impressive, especially at eight, for him to yeah. be like, this is how I view the world. His passion for animals and love for animals is is, yeah. is off the charts, and I think that's what what drove that for him. So yeah, that's really cool. There was yeah. something you had mentioned earlier. Um, talking about like carving out queer spaces and mm -hmm. just like for you, like, um, I guess reassessing the world around you. And that's something that keeps popping up in my brain. I, I think we have a little bit more time to talk through. Cause like, so for example, for me personally, like leaving religion, I had to deconstruct mm -hmm. a lot of my life, but that's just one part of my life. It doesn't necessarily change every little aspect of my life. 
So I'm curious for you, like in a way I almost hear like you almost had to deconstruct like culture at large around you. Mm -hmm. What were maybe, if you're comfortable sharing, like what were maybe one of one of the first things that you felt like you had to start questioning of the world around you and deconstructing as you as you kind of stepped into your own as a queer person? Yeah. It's hard. I think, um, you know, in high school, realizing that I was queer um, and coming out, I don't think I was thinking of it as directly at the time. Um, but, you know, I think when you're queer, the world kind of pushes you in certain ways, um, whether you're pushing yourself or those around you are pushing you. Um, but you kind of just develop this understanding that everything is not as it seems and as we've constructed it. And I think the more that I started to understand that, the more I was able to break from it. Um, and, and like I said before, I think that like being queer, that's why I see being queer as something that is more defining than just your sexuality because mm -hmm. it pushes you through those trains of thought. Um, that other people might not have to think through until much later. Um, and so I think that I just, I can't really think of a specific moment, but it's just this constant questioning of the norm. Because once you realize that one thing is not as it seems, then you realize that everything can be. Um, and I think that, I think my other big moment was when I was in college um, and realized that I wanted to make music. Um, I grew up in like a very competitive school environment and I, I always wanted to do stuff that was very unrelated to creating art and my I'm so mad that the my public high school system did not force me to take even an art class in high school um and That's you know wild. I, I like not even one no I didn't have to do anything and like it it, it makes me so mad because <laughs> I think that art is so important and I think I had a big moment when I was in college when I realized like oh my god I can make art too, you know? And I think I always right. saw it as something that somebody else didn't. And I've always been a writer, but I, I considered writing to be a little bit different. Um, and then that first year that we were making music, um, I was going to therapy and I had this really, really cool therapist. She was blind and she was very like, focused on healing in different ways than just talking through problems. and. Hmm she gave me a paintbrush while she talked with me and she told me to draw things and I never had thought visually before I just I was like I'm a writer that's what I do I process my feelings through writing you can like I have my journals stacked up <laughs> from the time I was like 12 but I painted and I loved it and ever since then I started doing visual art too and I think that hmm. that was a big moment for me to realize that when you're an artist, you're not, you don't have to just be an artist in one genre or in one way. You can, once you get there and, un and unlock that understanding, you can make art in, in everything, you know? And like, it's really been cool to promote Outer Shapes through art and making the album covers and drawing those is really cool. And I also, um, I learned how to block print. So I printed, um, like a little advertisement for Outer Shapes. And I've been like printing them on little sheets of paper and we've been pasting them up around town. Um, but really yeah, just understanding that art can be made in all mediums uh, 
if you choose to do that um, is, I think, been the biggest realization I've had in a very long time. That's really huge. I love it. And it, and yeah, you all are definitely living that out. Like learning, like you said, you're learning block printing, learn all this stuff and just saying, Hey, shit, let's just do it. <laughs> That's awesome. Now I'm curious. Um, and we haven't been up to the city in a while. I'm hoping next year we'll finally be able to get back on the East coast touring. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus I want to have my grandma's empanadas. Like it just, it wow. doesn't matter when we show up, she's cooking those things for us. But, mm-hmm. um, I'm curious for you, what are, what are some of the bands in Brooklyn, in New York City that you're watching that are like kind of up and coming artists? I don't know. I don't really have an answer for you there, to be honest. I think that, I don't know. It's It's been hard for C and I to kind of figure out and find stuff that we enjoy. And I think that's yeah. also part of why we want to make our own stuff. Um, you know, we've been to some shows and, 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 and we've seen other people, but I think that we've been struggling to find something where we're like, oh, damn, that's really good. And I want to chase that. Um, and so yeah. we've just been kind of turning inwards and, and spending a lot of time focusing on ourselves. So unfortunately, I don't have a good answer for you on that one. <laughs> it's all good. Well, that, it, that is interesting, though, because I've noticed in myself where I get super discontent with music sometimes where I, I I just flip through like the bands that I would go to I just no longer want to listen to and I'm, I'm flipping through song after song and nothing seems to connect and oftentimes that's the season where I realize oh I haven't been writing so it's almost like the song I'm looking for I can't find elsewhere like I have yeah. to do the work and actually let this whatever this song that's burning in my brain that I'm looking for is actually like it needs to come out of my fingers, my mouth. Yeah. Again. So that's, no, that's interesting. That's an interesting answer. Well, yeah. um, for, as far as the last two questions with the podcast, uh, based off the, the podcast itself, Live and Create. So we'll start with the first one. Uh, right now in your life, how would you define living a great life? Um, I think being aligned with, my desires and my morals and having the space and the time to access and and grow with those things um and just you know be able to create art and make things happen that's awesome it's funny because your um your answer i've only heard someone else answer in a similar way not the same but a Mm -hmm. similar way it's a He's the lead singer of a band called Making Movies. They're a Latin rock group and tour all over the world, Latin Grammys, all that kind of stuff. But that's that's kind of been his thing. In fact, he, after a year, he came back on the podcast and I asked him the same question. I was like, I'm curious if it changed. And he had that similar, that alignment of the things that are, you know, important to you and making sure your actual life reflects that. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Uh, and so for the last question, uh, right now, Currently, uh, how would you define creating great things? I think that creating art is touching your unspoken knowing. Something that can't be explained just by talking or expressing yourself in a singular way. I think art is this meshing of 
putting together and kind of constructing something that's within you that is can't get out any other way. And that to me is, is what creating is. That's awesome. I love it. Well, let everyone know how to connect with you, how to follow outer shapes, all that good stuff. Yeah. I mean, we're on Spotify, so you can check us out there. Um, we also have an Instagram. We try to post. I'm a little tricky with social media. I don't love it, but I'm there. So you can follow <laughs> us there. It's all just outer shapes. Um, and if you want to look at our old, old stuff, our old demos are all up on uh, SoundCloud. So you can always check those out too. I love that you left them up. I think that's awesome. I really do. We've had her, you know, uh, it's, <laughs> it's been a decision. They're on and off. Uh, but yeah, we have it up there. It's, it's, it's a learning process. And I think we're not ashamed to, to, to be open about that. Yeah. We've been having that discussion because we have a lot of old stuff on our social media. Now, full mm -hmm. disclosure, we did pull down a, a CD because we used to be like a funk rock band back in the day, which we're not at all. It's like, we're like full on pop rock type stuff. Um, so we did pull that down, but yeah, we concluded that we're just going to leave all the shit up and, and it, hopefully it'll just be a fun thing to watch the yeah. progression as time goes on. So I, I love that. And I get why some people pull their stuff down and especially like social media, like old posts and stuff. But I'm like, I'm like, hopefully it'll be a fun, like historical thing to watch. Like there, that's where they were. And then yeah. look at them now. So, well, thank you so much for making the time. I appreciate of it. Of course. It was great to chat with you. Thank you for listening to the Live and Create podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe and leave a comment or a review. The Live and Create podcast.